Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 96. Um, moving back um, to our uh, episodes, uh, continuing episodes of Furniture Care and Conservation. And uh, number 96 is going to deal with metal elements and metal leaf, repair and replacement. Furniture hardware includes both utilitarian and ornamental elements, hinges, locks, latches, drawer pulls, and door handles, and the nails and screws that hold them in place. They also serve as utilitarian functions, escutcheons, mounts, finials, and things of that sort, and their fasteners, are applied decorative parts whose primary function is to add embellishment. Inlaid metal is not included in this episode, though. As replacement work, or it should follow practices discussed um, in another chapter coming up with inlaid materials. So, as the newly acquired piece of furniture is being given the thorough initial cleaning, it should have. An appropriate part of the initial work is to determine the kind of metal present on the artifact. A conservator can analyze the metal material in a laboratory using the proper sampling techniques, a microscope, and appropriate reagents. Conservators need only a negligible amount of sample material to determine the metal type. Removal and storage. Neither utilitarian nor ornamental metal elements should ever be removed merely for periodic cleaning. This is especially true when the metal part is attached with early screws or nails. It can be very degradative. Left in place, these fasteners are evidence of the entire object's authenticity. And too many times we find that hardware has been replaced and, you know, leaving us extraneous holes on the front of drawer fronts and lids and, and doors. But to perform some repairs on wooden artifacts, However, it is often necessary to remove the hardware and the nails or screws that hold them on. When that necessity arises during conservation work, one should always consider handmade nails and screws as individualistic parts. No two are precisely alike. So when you have to remove, mark where each nut and screw goes somehow with a piece of tape, tap, or put tape on the bench and, and mark it with a marker. So each slightly different from the others. To return any such item to the, <clears throat> to the wrong, ill-fitting hole would diminish its holding capabilities or even possibly strip uh, a, a certain type of thread, uh, as well as the, the modification of authenticity of the entire object. So when any metal part is removed from a piece of furniture, a string tag should be attached to the part, labeled with its specific location. Tape should then be, should uh, low, very low stick tape should be applied so it won't leave any damaging red residue and um, make sure it is low to, uh, to identify all these metal pieces and never match an identif identification tag to a metal part with wire that can also scratch the metal and also handle 
all these metal parts with gloves. The, uh, the oils and uh, uh, other, uh, could be any acidic matter you've touched, could get on there and, and cause fingerprints as it starts eating into the metal, aiding and bedding the oxidation process. So examine the reverse of the metal element. It may have a location number already etched or checked in on it. So to be sure that ancient metal fasteners reattach the part they held to the furniture in the exact spot that they came from, draw a rough sketch of the removed metal element on a scrap piece of cardboard. Punch holes in the cardboard, showing exactly where each nail or screw came from on the sketch. Then stick each nail or screw into a cardboard sketch. Follow the overall pattern of the original location. Store the cardboard storage template in a safe place where the metal fasteners cannot fall out and the ornament they held cannot be scratched or dented. Old metal fasteners, it's kind of like rehabilitation in, in, in a sense for reuse. Early screws and nails in wooden artifacts should not be, ever be replaced if they are original except in extreme instances where they have corroded to the point where they no longer function. In such instances, a conservator familiar with metals should extract them. After stabilization, they can be placed in a label jar or plastic food storage bag for safekeeping. Nails can be extracted with the aid of a small piece of plexiglass and side cutters with cutting surfaces slightly ground down. To tighten nuts, place a piece of cloth between the nut and the adjustable wrench. Metallic elements can be scratched easily, so never use pliers or a loose-fitting wrench. Always tighten nuts very carefully, with very little leverage, because both posts and nuts can be stripped very easily. For screws with badly worn head slots, extract the screw from its place. If that can be done, and place it in a vise between two small pieces of wood or lead so that the screw, th screw threads won't be damaged by the jaws of the vise. Enlarge the original slot in the screw head with a hacksaw. If the screw cannot be removed, work with it in place and restore the slot with an engraving tool. To reinsert a screw, rub beeswax on the threads and make it go in much more easily. Don't use soap because soap holds moisture. Always use a gentle pressure in tightening loose screws and be sure that the screwdriver fits the head proper, properly uh, and as exactly as it can. On the, on the other token, nails can be tapped into place with a block of wood between the head and the hammer or they can be squeezed in with a fitting tool. If the inside diameter the threads, that is, of the hole in the wood that a screw came from are stripped, proceed to fill in with small pieces of wood and adhesive. Modern-day screws that can't be tightened, those in holes in which the threads are already stripped, should be replaced by slightly larger oval head or round head or even flat head screws. In working with Ormolu, only use oval head brass screws. So let's talk about cleaning some metal parts. Gold-plated bronze, for instance. Ormolu mounts are generally cast in bronze and then gold-plated. 
The classic procedure, which we know it as mercury gilding or fire gilding, is well documented from numerous sources. Gold is an inert material and will not corrode as other metals do. It should be carefully cleaned following these precautionary steps. Do not submerge a gilded bronze piece in any sort of cleansing fluid. Instead, remove dust and grime from it by using a soft brush to apply a solution of one part ammonia to 40 to 50 parts distilled water. Follow that with a rinse application of distilled water. Put, on with, put it on with a clean brush and dry the item with a soft, soft cloth and an air blower set at low heat. Never apply a polish to gilded bronze pieces, as the gold layer is very thin and can be easily worn away. Let's talk about brass and iron. To clean brass or iron parts, place them individually and never combine metals in a plastic basin with warm distilled water. A soft brush can be used to dislodge dirt from the recesses. Rinse the part in clean distilled water and dry with a soft cloth. An air blower set on warm will aid in drying the water from the left recesses. To clean recent fingerprints from brass hardware on a piece of furniture, dampen a cotton-tipped applicator with alcohol. Press out excess alcohol using a rubber glove so that the fluid ro won't run on the furniture finish and roll the applicator over the brass surface. The cleaning allows a protective brown patina to, to form eventually and removes fingerprints that will eventually etch the metal surface if left unchecked. A normal paten patinization, browning of the surface, or brass actually forms a protective layer. If iron hardware has a light layer of rust, soak it in kerosene for several days, then dry it with a soft cloth and allow it to dry for several days before reattaching. Iron elements in advanced stages of corrosion produced by damp environments should be removed from the furniture to which they are attached and stabilized quickly. If corrosion continues, the metal will deteriorate, staining the nearby wooden finish. If such instances carefully remove the holding screws and nails, as outlined, brush away loose rust and attach a string to the iron part and dip it into a metal preservative called OSPO. Soak the iron part in the solution for several minutes, then remove it and allow it to air dry for at least 24 hours. A white precipitate may form and that should be brushed off with a soft brush. OSPO contains phosphoric acid, so avoid skin contact. Also, avoid putting painted materials in contact with OSPO, as that may make the painted surfaces change in appearance. Painted metals should be treated only by a conservator. OSPO will remove the rust from a piece of iron, and so will emulsified acids available in hardware stores. However, OSPO has the advantage of changing iron oxide to iron phosphate, thus creating a stable material. The disadvantage of OSPO is that it can turn iron to a low gloss dark gray color. So for lubrication of moving metal parts such as hinges, do not apply oil or spray lubricants because these substances can stain nearby wood and, and wood finishes. A tiny amount of beeswax or a paste wax 
will serve as lubricants, so be sure to wipe, wipe any wax residue off the metal surface, as some staining may be possible. It is fashionable to have all metals, whether utilitarian or ornamental, highly polished. I can sympathize with the museum tour guide who is constantly asked why the collection's drawer pulls or copper pots are not as shiny as in the visitor's chrome hubcaps or reproduction tea kettles. Some advocates of high polish for metals argue that the original owners would have kept such objects polished in their household environment. That may or may not be true, depending on how ambitious the owner or his servants might have been. However, with age, the finish of old furniture acquires a definite patina. If it has been over-restored, an old furniture probably looks like a good bit different, but today, from the way it looked in an early household. So why make the hardware on an inconspicuous or, incong or something that's very incongruous to the rest of the object by polishing the metal to look new. It makes no sense. I hold to my no-polish policy if, however, for some compelling reason, one must refurbish the metal elements on furniture. The following steps should be taken. Remove from the metal any old polished residue. It may be necessary to consult a conservator with a binocular microscope and the proper tools to do this as it should be done. Number two, polish the metal surface with a commercial brass polish. But before you do, be sure to read the precautions listed on the don'ts below. Number three, after polishing the metal element, it is important to remove all residue from the new polishing. Again, it may be wise to consult a conservator with a binocular microscope and the proper tools to be sure that this is done as it should be done. Number four, rinse the metal object in acetone. Number five, air dry it with a sanitary environment. Number six, apply a metal coating lacquer designed specifically for your requirements. It is well to remember that this entire process may need to be repeated periodically, depending on the object worked on and the environment in which it is kept. The cautionary components that follow should produce the least amount of damage to metal elements being refurbished. Never use buffing wheels for quick cleaning or applying a high polish on metal surfaces because buffing in that way may wear away much of the metal. Don't use coarse steel wool that will scratch a metal surface. Don't use copper brighteners and dip cleaners that contain acids. Avoid the home recipe of vinegar and salt. Vinegar is an acid and salt, sodium chloride, can produce advanced corrosion on metals. Commercial metal polishes of the emulsion type are not recommended also. For these reasons, polish reduces <coughs> polish residue often lodges in recesses, causing the whitest white a whitish type disfigurement. Commercial emulsion polishes can abrade and wear away some of the metal surface. Each time they are applied and, and applied sloppily, such polishes can overflow onto the wood finish and remove some of that. So I think we're going to take a break here. That ends up part one um, of our metal elements and metal leaf. So uh, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist, 
signing out. Thanks for listening.